friends. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. Chuck Tate, how are you doing? Andy King, always great when I'm hanging with you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Well, you keep talking about this story that you want to tell me, but you said, I'm not telling you until the podcast. Right, right. So it's obviously got to be something that involves you making a fool of yourself well you know what it doesn't involve me making oh, making a fool i apologize myself. i did not mean it that way i think <laughs> well <laughs> okay come on tell us no, what happened. so so um now it is the craziest thing that's ever happened at a gravesite service now I'm going to share what happened, but first, the day began at a funeral home, and I had the honor to officiate my aunt's funeral. She passed away unexpectedly, and it was it's, honestly, it's been hard for our family. Sure. It was emotional, and but we celebrated her life with scriptures, stories, songs, and so uh, one of these things I shared on TikTok about this was it's, it was beautiful and it was brutal, both, and um, it was also kind of kind of um, there was a scary moment there too my my mom did part of the I called her up to do part of the eulogy yeah and my mom is she's getting older and physically she's having a hard time mentally she is sharp yeah but physically she has to walk with a walker and she fell oh really yep she fell and um, I tried to stop her couldn't stop her hit the ground some people came up my brother came running up and we helped her up and she was okay went to the doctor yesterday and nothing was broken so praise the lord but that just this it was just kind of an odd day emotional hard day and then the processional led us to the cemetery and the funeral director got out of the hearse yeah. opened up the back of the hearse all six pallbearers met at the back of the hearse i met at the back of the hearse because whenever i do any type of graveside service the minister always walks in front of the casket and leads the casket and the pallbearers to the vault there's a tent and chairs and sure and my gravesite service <clears throat> is short a couple of scriptures and recite the lord's prayer well um here's what happened the funeral director opened up the hearse the pallbearers went and began to pull the casket out when the hearse took off on its own what do you and mean? it started it started rolling away from everybody down the hill. So everybody had to let go of the casket. It's kind of hanging out. Oh my god. We had a runaway hearse. So the funeral director, instead of putting it in park, <laughs> put it in neutral. So I so we, a picture, you got six people and a funeral director and a couple others all chasing this hearse down the hill, oh my headed gosh. straight for the funeral home's minivan, about 50 feet away. And it's gaining speed. <laughs> Now there's this really old dude who worked for the funeral home who was who was got a, a head start and he was ahead of me, and I just knew I'm going to have to bypass him, get past him. I'm going to have to jump in it and slam on the brakes. I'm afraid he's going to fall. He's going to get run over by the hearse, and then we're doing two graveside services. <laughs> So I, I, I finally got caught up right with him, but he was able to open up the door and he jumped in really awkwardly, hit the brakes just before it slammed into the minivan. The casket slid forward. It was crazy. Everybody catches up. Oh and it was one of those moments where like, okay, the body is still intact. Everything's okay. And um, I mean, we're, I'm laughing about it now. And um, the first thing I thought of when this happened was this. I'm not joking. I sure hope somebody got this on video. 
that's the one. Now, I know that's probably not appropriate, but that's what I thought. Nobody got it on video. No. Honestly, we all had a good chuckle about it once we knew everything was okay, and we proceeded to finish the service, and, and it was it was special. And I shared Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, and your rod staff comfort me. And you know what happens? Sometimes we lose people unexpectedly. We don't stay in the valley. My aunt, she made it through the valley. Yeah. We made it through the valley. The hearse, the hearse went down into the valley. <laughs> It made it out of the valley. Everybody <laughs> listening today, you're going to make it out of the valley. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my, so there you go. He's crazy. Right? Oh, I've never seen anything like that. Oh, my gosh. So, but we have a great podcast today. Today, I'll be honest, we were surprised, not not because of the gentleman we were talking to, but just we had never really connected with him before. Before today. Oh. Everyone, yeah. you are in for a treat. You know, and every week we're like, we always say you're gonna love this episode. It's gonna be great. I, I am. We are serious. I told Annie, and um, I said this was one of my favorite interviews. This yeah. this guy is so passionate about Jesus. So much fun. He's a cardiologist, a, a respected, award winning cardiologist. But man, he brings it today, baby. It is good. It is good. So why don't you uh, just sit back and relax, enjoy this conversation with Doctor Sam. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everybody, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, known as the Mender of Hearts, Dr. Samuel Kojoglanian, is an award-winning cardiologist. He has the distinction of being a five-year honoree of the Patient's Choice Award and Most Compassionate Award, a recognition granted only to 1% of the 900,000 active physicians in America. In 2019, Dr. Sam was named the ultimate cardiologist and was recognized by the State Assembly of California. As an interventional cardio evangelist, he also leads a ministry of wholeness, body, mind, soul, and spirit. His bold, practical, and uncompromising ministry is dedicated to healing hearts and mending souls. Dr. Sam, we're honored to have you. Welcome to Revival Town. Uh, it's great to be with you, Chuck and Andy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He Amen. is, he was, and he shall be. And we're going to praise his name today. So let's roll. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we I, are so I, glad to have you on. Yeah, I know this is going to be fun. I just love, I, I love that your, your energy and your personality. And, um, and I just, I love what you do. And we have some great questions. I, I'm excited that we get to hear your story. So can you begin just by telling us how, how did you come to Jesus? Well, I was five years old, and I lived in a place called Jerusalem. I, we, I was, I'm Armenian, so we were born in the Armenian community. And it's kind of hard to be like, uh, you know, following Jesus Christ as an Armenian. We're the first nation as a whole in Armenia to be the Christian nation. But a lot of my peoples, after the 1915 massacre, uh, the Turks killed half of our nation, 1.5 million. They just, I think, turned their back on God and said, look, is this God? God does something like this? Well, 
then we don't. And and Armenians are quote unquote Christians, but you know it's kind of like putting in the cross on your chest sure. and lighting a candle. That ain't Christ. Knowing Christ is to be bought by the blood of the Lamb. And so at age five, I was you know just fortunate. It's by God's grace I am who I am solely, solely, solely by God's grace. My mom was a Sunday school teacher, and she's like, there is a man who's got your back, and, mm. and he is a, a friend that's closer than a brother, and you want this man to be with you and on you and through you and above you, and you want the Spirit of God to lead you no matter what you do, and you want to put his instructions in your heart. I'm like, what? Sign me up, baby. I want this man. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I gave my heart to Christ at the age of five, and another thing happened at the age of five, by the way. Uh, God had put it in the tablets of my heart. And you're like, your heart has tablets? It does, according to Proverbs 3, 3 and 7, 3. It says, write my instructions on the tablets of your mm. heart. And so he wrote it on the tablets of my heart. And he said, you're going to be a heart doctor when you grow up, and you're going to heal hearts and men's souls. And I heard that in my heart and soul and mind at age five. Wow. And so I was so excited to live life at age five. It was crazy. Some of my friends wanted to be um policemen and some firemen, some other things. And that's all good because we need everybody to come together and serve human beings in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But I, I knew what I wanted to do at age five. And so that that's uh, started journey. Wow. wow. That is so amazing. Divine appointment. God grabbed your heart at such a young age. And what's really cool is you knew at five and then you grew up and did exactly what he asked you to do. I had a similar thing my whole life as a kid. I told my mom I was going to be a preacher, and um, and that's what I've done. So obviously there was there was a lot of school involved. And so tell us how you ended up a cardiologist. Ooh, a lot of school. You are you are not kidding, bro. <laughs> it's like. Uh, it's like exam after the exam, exam. You know, after I, I went to USC University of Southern Cali uh, in uh, Southern California to do my undergrad, I, I, you have to take an MCATS, Medical College Admissions Test. And I, I failed the first time I took it. And I, I, after I took it, I'm like, baby, that's, I'm good. I passed. I'm going to get in. And I got nine rejection letters to, to medical school. And I was like, what, what is going on? And I tried again. And then I got 20, you know, all in all, I got 27 rejection letters to medical school. And people think, oh, he's a cardiologist. He made it. Life is easy. When I came to America, I was called a foreigner. I was beat up in the Chattanooga, Tennessee land. I love the place now, but I was just beat up. I was hated because I'm not the same as they are, right? And when I'm trying to get into medical school, I'm being beat up. People telling me, you ain't got what it takes. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, baby. But in my heart, it says I'm going to be a heart doctor, and that's what I'm going to be by God's grace. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to stop the force. And Man. so, uh, it's, Man, I'm fired it's, up. It's, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a hit after hit. It's a fail after fail. It's darkness after darkness. Yet the light of Jesus Christ shines in me. He's the bread of life. And when you got the bread of life and you come to him, you can't help but to burst forth with life within you. Yeah. And to say, despite the hardships, despite the uh, the pit, like Joseph was in the pit in Genesis 37, despite being sold by brothers, despite being betrayed like Jesus was betrayed by Judas, you're like, I'm going to keep on. Because the Lord my God is my light and my salvation. Of whom am I going to fear in Psalm 27, 1? And so that's how you roll in life. Take the hits, but you say, no, I, I'm here to serve God, and I'm here to serve man. I'm here to love God, and I'm here to love uh, uh, mankind. And I'm here to, to, to be a servant to people. And when you have that in you, 
then it propels you to overcome what has hit you and uh, overcome the pit, overcome the darkness, and overcome the failures. And and I I took the MCATs. I think I hold the world's record. I think it five <laughs> times. And ultimately, ultimately, I made it. Uh, you know, I tried to get a master's, uh, and I was rejected to get a master's in anatomy and cell biology. But I kept on going, uh, and despite my world crashing, and I. Uh, uh, brothers Chuck and Andy, I think uh, God told me, oh, I see what you're doing. You are worshiping at the altar of medicine because that's all, all you want, right? And, and and part of my brain was there and part of my heart was there. And God's like, I don't want part there. I want all your heart. Mm-hmm. I want you to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, according to Deuteronomy 6, 5. And, and he got me on my knees and I actually gave up medicine during that hardship saying, I will serve you. Mm. You take away medicine from me. I'm giving it to you. I just want you to know the truth, Lord. You take it away. A part of my heart's going to break and it's going to be crushed and it's going to die. But I'd rather be in that state, loving you, honoring you, than being in a state of left and right, like the church of Laodicea, cold, hot, cold, hot, make up your mind, baby, go all the way for Jesus Christ. And I did. And it was after that, that uh, a professor, when I was doing, ultimately got in a master's program at USC in anatomy, that a professor from the medical school came and said, I've been watching you. I'd like for you to teach <laughs> the medical students at USC as a teacher. And I'm a failure of 27 times to get into medical school. I can't even get in medical school. I'm now doing my <laughs> master's. And he says, I want you to teach our medical schools. I'm like, you know, baby, this is only God. It ain't me. Uh, it's not uh, the forces around me. It's not because I'm intelligent or uh, this and that, and I grew up in the right place or I got the right uh, bank account or what. It's not me. It's Jesus Christ. And I, 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 from then on, I'm like, you know what? It's, this is glorious. I know my Lord has made a way for me. And I know the, the listeners, uh, Chuck mm. and Andy, the Lord is going to make a way from them. It right. might be in the pit. It might be like David in the field. He's thinking, right? All his brothers are wearing tuxedos. Samuel comes and he's like, is this your kids, Jesse? Yes. One by one. He's like, no, nah, that ain't it. That ain't it. Uh, uh, definitely that ain't it. And he's like, that's <laughs> it. That's all you got. Uh, and he's like, yeah, but I got another yeah, son. He's, you know, he's taking care. He doesn't even name him. Yeah. He doesn't even give his name, David. And and so he's like, yeah, another son, but he's, you know, he's taking care of the sheep. And that's the one God chose. So if you're in a field stinking and you're in a pit in the darkness, God got something for you. Don't give up. God's oh, got you. Come on. Uh, he's that got a is, calling on you. I am fired up. And I know everyone that's listening, I, I can just, I just know that they're already encouraged. And I just want to say, buckle up your seatbelts, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's already it's already good, and I tell you what, I, if I lived in California, you would be my cardiologist. I tell you. Oh man, you got my heart rate up too at the moment. Oh, now, let's 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 go into you know what you do, and obviously being a witness in this field, right? I mean, you are you are with people, life and death, right? You literally yes. have have their life in your hands. Um, can you just go into that? world for us just for a minute of of being a heart doctor and some of the challenges you have some of the pressures that you have obviously these are very long surgeries these are very intricate surgeries can you just open that world a little bit for those who may not know what really goes on in those theaters yeah, it's, it's, it is, uh, Brother Andy, it is kind of crazy. I, I remember one time when I was in a cardiac cath lab, 
And uh, and that's when you, you uh, now, number one, take an angiogram, look at the heart arteries. But number two, we get to open up with stents and balloons. And so I've got this man, he's dying. I mean, he's blue. And that's why, by the way, we call it code blue because they're blue. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And they're not they're not they're not pink. And and this man is like 80, 84, 85. And he's a heavy, heavy smoker. He was he's got cancer. He's dying. I'm like, Lord God, you got to take over my hands. You got to take over my mm-hmm. eyes. And I, we're going into the artery. He's got a 99.99% blockage of what we call the widow maker, the left anterior descending artery, the, uh, the major artery that goes in front of the heart. And it supplies most of the juice to the heart muscle. And if that goes down, the heart goes down and then follows death. And that's why he's blue. So I'm in there and I'm, I've got the balloon in there and I open up that 99% blockage so I can put in a stent. And the next picture I, I took, uh, brothers Chuck and Andy is that I, I, that artery, what we call perforated, it exploded on me. I'm thinking the, this man only had five minutes to live. Now he's got mm. 30 seconds to live. I, this is this is mm. crazy. Mm. So I'm trying to get a now a stent, a coated stent, so I can I can try to to uh, stop that hemorrhage, that bleeding that I caused. And it wasn't because of me. You know, it's a heavy smoker. He's got sure. cancer. His arteries are frail. But but I was in there, right? I, I'm the one that's mm. doing this. And I stepped back for one second. I said, Lord God, Jesus Christ, I'm going to need your help. And so you're like, well, aren't you educated? Yes. Uh, um, Don't you have skills? Yes. But I have a higher power because in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And baby, I wasn't there. He was. (laughs) He's the great physician. Yes. He's the physician of physicians. I said, Lord God. I need you to take over my hands. Here I go. And that was a split second. But to me, it sounded and it felt like eternity. I'm like, yeah. hurry up. Hurry <laughs> up and pray, boy. Hurry up. And so I, I stepped back into it. And I said, let's take another shot. And when I took the next shot, that artery was healed by itself. Wow. And I'm thinking, no, no, th- th- I've never seen this in my whole entire life. And and everybody's looking at me like, wow. I'm like, don't look at me. I didn't do this. My God did this. Wow. And, um, and and wow. I give all glory to him. I, I, on that stage, I said, thank you, Lord Jesus, out loud. I give him glory now because truly, truly, I mean, you, you get to a point uh, where you have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 10 and say, I am what I am and who I am solely. And I mean solely by the grace of God. I am not only zero, I'm sub-zero. But when you put God beside you and in you, you can do all things. And you could rock this planet for Jesus Christ. And I think the problem with us Christians is like, you know, you get to a point where Peter is, right? He's like, what? I'm walking on water, baby. I'm, I am so good. I am so cool. I'm all that. The other disciples, they messed up. But I'm on water. And then he takes his eyes off. The, and y- y'all know something? It's not that the wind and the waves caused him to sink. He can't walk on water if it was still water. Right. You know, if there was no wind, he just can't walk on water. Right. Period. Yeah. And it's so you can't blame the wind and you can. But what you can blame is his heart at that split second where he said, I, I really don't need Jesus. I got this. And he took his eyes off him. And this is a warning and an admonition Mm. and an encouragement to my brothers, Chuck, Andy, and myself, and all our listeners. Keep your eyes Mm. on Jesus Christ at all times. This world is messed up, but Jesus will 
give you strength to overcome and soar like the Eagles. So that's a little uh, snapshot of what happens in my life at times. Wow. <laughs> now, now, which where, where are where are you at? Just for the listeners, where are you at, like location wise, as far as um, you know, hospital type type thing? Are you? Yes, you, sir. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm in Santa Clarita, California. And that's about uh, 30 miles north of downtown Los Angeles. Okay. So it's uh, it's a great town, and it's a whole. I, I'm in a couple of hospitals: Holy Cross Hospital, Providence, as well as Henry Mayo Hospital. Uh, and I serve the mankind. You know, at the end of the day, if you serve yourself, what do you got? You got self and self-centeredness, yeah. and it's a pit that keeps on going downward, yeah. and it won't yeah. stop. So I'd rather serve God. I'd rather serve man than myself. I fall in that pit almost a daily. And God's like, ah, oh, get out of that pit. Come and serve me. Get into my light. And I love walking with Jesus. Well, my, my both of my boys live in L.A. They live in Glendale. One lives in Glendale. One lives in Burbank. So if they need a heart doctor, I know where I'm sending mm. them. <laughs> Andy, Andy, they must be Armenian because uh, all the Armenians. That, that's exactly, that, that is right. They're, they are not Armenian, but they live in an area where they're like, there's a lot of Armenian people. Oh, <laughs> yes, that is yes, fantastic. Yes, yes. Well, you know, what's kind of wild, too, is um, our listeners that are longtime listeners know that, that Andy is the executive director of Dream Center here in Peoria, and we were talking about that because uh, we mentioned Matthew Barnett, and I have a connection with Matthew as well. Um, I, I have a book out, and, and Matthew endorsed my book a few years ago, which is really cool. So we're both kind of connected, and you just preached at his church, right? At, yes, just re- not yes, too long sir. ago. It was amazing. It was so much fun. And, and uh, I think uh, and that's so funny, Pastor Chuck, because he just endorsed my new book. It's called <laughs> The Perfect Mess. Right that's on. Uh, it, and my new book is called The a Perfect Mess, Overcoming a Life of Condemnation, because that's Ooh. how a lot of Christians are rolling in, in the condemned world. But we shouldn't be condemned, and we're not condemned when you have the blood of Jesus. But when I was at his church, uh, I think Pastor Barnett thought, Oh my gosh, here we go. Here's a cardiologist. It's going to be mundane and boring. And I'm just like, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength, baby. And I'm just like, uh, I'm just going to explode with Jesus. I'm not the type to like, well, today we're going to study this and that. Today we're going to see Jesus Christ like we never, ever, ever saw him. And we had the greatest time. Truly, truly, it was a revival. Uh, hundreds of people came up front. And we laid hands on people, and we were blessed beyond belief, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit's so beautiful. I just have to say that, you know, in uh, where is it, kids? Uh, it's in First Samuel chapter 16, where the Holy Spirit actually left Saul, departed from mm-hmm. Saul. And at that yeah. time, the Holy Spirit was intermittent. Uh, but, but it said the Holy Spirit came upon David from that day forward. And we're, in, according to Ephesians 1.13, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So if you're bought by the blood of the Lamb, you come to Calvary's cross. At Calvary, He died for you and me. He spilled His cross for you. uh, He spilled His blood for you and me. And if you accept that blood because you and I are sinners, dirty, nasty, stinking, filthy, no good for nothing, but Jesus makes you pure. Jesus makes you righteous. You will become a new creation. And so uh, the Spirit left Him 
but the spirit came on David, and then an evil spirit came and attacked Saul. So the Holy Spirit, when we were preaching at the Dream Center, was there, and I yeah. I can't live life without the Holy Spirit. He is the He is the Spirit of Truth. He is my comforter. He does not have a big bat in his hand beating my head up over and over again. And that's what people say: the Holy Spirit beat me up. Baby, you got the wrong image of the Holy Spirit. The right Holy on. Spirit is the comforter. He's not the clubber. He's the comforter, and I love him. That's good. man, that's good. Andy. We need to go to California and hang out with Doctor Sam. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Twenty-seven rejection letters, and you went from that to now. Not just making it as a cardiologist but a very well-respected, award-winning cardiologist, only God, right? What an amazing testimony, especially for those listening that are struggling, they're broken, they're, they have felt like quitting up. So what an example of someone who said, you know what, I'm not going to give up. God spoke to me when I was five, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah I know. Amen. I, I know at the, you know, some of the things that we do at the, our dream center is a little bit unique from other dream centers. They're all different. Um, we have a full, full-blown trade school for junior high and high schoolers, where oh. they're learning different trades: uh, carpentry, motor mechanics. Uh, we even have a barista course and a coffee roasting course. And um, and while with with these students, the reason why we do it is is flowing through our core values, which is dignity, compassion, and purpose. And the last one, the purpose part. We know that the kids that are there, they're not deciding what they're going to be, but they're eliminating what they don't want to be. Mm. And, and it sets a focus for them that at an early age, like what you were saying, you were at five, for some of these students, they're setting focus to be able to be something when they uh, leave high school that they thought they never would be. Because a lot of the kids we yeah. see, they've stopped dreaming when they get to us because of the circumstances they're in. Um, but for you, obviously, at that young age, um, God had a plan and a purpose. What were some of those barriers for you? Obviously, five's young, but, you know, coming through through your teen and, and that type of thing, what were some of the things that God had to keep reminding you? What, what was that like for you in those teen years? And how did you end up in the U.S. as well? Yes. Uh, so my dad, um, uh, my dad gave his heart to Christ uh, at the age of 18. And he was in Jerusalem in the middle of obviously I wasn't born at that time, but he was in, in Jerusalem at that time because, uh, uh, you know, there was a diaspora of Armenians after the massacre. They went everywhere, partly in Israel. And, and, and he had he was talking to two friends and and he said, we have to go. We have to leave now. And one of the friends is like, what are you talking about? This is stupid. And he, and he grabbed the other friend and they ran and right then and there. He didn't hear anything. He didn't see a bomb fell right where they were standing and wow. dismantled that man. And, and mm. uh, my dad said, okay, there's got to be a God. There's got to be a God who spoke to my heart to leave this place. And so he gave his heart to Christ. And that's how I, I was brought up. Uh, in in Jerusalem, and 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 uh, he knew the prophets. He knew that uh, Jerusalem is in the center of the world, and he knew ultimately. And I love the book of Revelations. I've written many book on Revelations, uh, and he knew. All, and by the way, uh, we're going. We're on, our television ministry has begun. CTN Christian Television Network from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we're we're do, 
doing the book of Revelation. Uh, so I, he knew the prophets that all the world was going to come and, and jump all over Israel, uh, which is the Gog of Magog war, which will occur just after the rapture of the church. And so he said, I got to move my my children out of Jerusalem and come to the other uh, land of milk and honey, which is the U.S. of A. And he always spelled Jerusalem, J-E-R, and put U-S-A-L-E-M <laughs> in the middle. And he said, we're, that's where we're going. We're going to the other milk and honey nations. And so he brought it after I think it was a good five years to get a green card. It took a long time for my parents to get it. We got in and uh, we ended up in Chattanooga because one of my uncles was going to college there on a, on a, uh, I think it was Trevecca College uh, on a scholarship. So we ended up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But uh, talk about the barriers. I mean, to be a foreigner, to be wearing a pantalon while everybody's got Levi's and to be wearing sandals like you're from the Middle East uh, and everybody got Nikes and, and to be eating things like, you know, Dolma and Sarma. Uh, and everybody's eating hot dogs, and you don't—I mean, you just don't belong. And to be a Kojiglanian, while everybody else is like a Smith or a Jones, and uh, and to be, you know, uh, have brown eyes, and they've got blue eyes, and they're like, uh, yeah, you are a dirty, nasty, ugly dog. And I was hit. Uh, I was uh, pushed downstairs. Uh, I, I was hated. And my parents taught me two things: uh, you you get on your knees, and that's how you fight. You pray. And you sit on your butt and you study because you ain't got no other option. And so I'm so blessed to have parents like that that taught me that early on. I was a fourth grader and by the sixth grade, uh, 900 students and all the professors or teachers voted me as the best all-around student. And that's a matter of two years. And you... Uh, uh, Brother Andy knows all about this at the Dream Center. You can be hated. You can be dogged. You can be mistreated. You can come from the worst culture or worst situation and quote unquote on the wrong side of the tracks. People say you have made it big. I'm like, you don't know where I came from. You don't know what I've tasted. Yeah. You have no idea the bigotry and the hatred and the loneliness and, and all this uh, darkness that I tasted. And, and it's a matter of making a choice. At the end of the day, by the way, peace is a choice. When Jesus says to us in John 14, 27, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I don't give it to you like the world gives. Mm. Don't let your heart. There goes that word. It's heart. It's all about heart. You talk about, I don't see no kidneys in the Bible. It's all about the heart. (laughs) Don't let your heart. Don't don't let your heart be troubled, Mm. nor let it be dismayed. That's a choice. And I think that's where we're going wrong in our world. Well, I feel terrible. Maybe it's not about your feelings. It's about a choice you make. It's about a choice to say, I Mm. know what I feel. My feelings feelings are real, but I'm going to go above these, and I'm going to trust the Lord God with all my heart and soul, and I'm going to lean not onto my understanding, but on His understanding, and I'm going to walk in His ways. And that's what I had to do at a young age, and it made uh, so much of a difference that these kids, you know, selling the most chocolate bars in school, joining the choir, joining the basketball team, saying, you hate me, that's cool. I'm going to love you back, and I'm going to excel no matter what you say, um, made a huge difference in my life. And that's what I want to reach out to my to our beautiful audience and yeah. say, look, I, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're hated. I don't know if you're pushed down the stairs like I was. I don't know if they hit you in the nose like I was and ended up in the hospital because my nose wouldn't stop bleeding. I don't know if you're in a pit. I don't know if you're in a field. But I do know Jesus Christ, and he is the Lord of your life and your salvation and your song and your deliverer and your refuge and your fortress. And you cannot, 
you should not live life without him because he's got your back like nobody else. That's My good. goodness, that is so, so good, Dr. Sam. And I know that you've connected with people listening. And in a few moments, we're going to ask you to pray for our listeners because we don't know where they're at, but God does. And we believe this is the divine appointment that he had you here at this moment right now to say the things you've said so they could be on the other side of a screen or on the other side of a listening device to hear or to watch your testimony. So before that, I have a, if it's okay, I just have a couple of, of medical related questions since I want to take advantage Man. of having a cardiologist <laughs> on, on, on the show with us. So right, we, we need to start, the, start yeah. taking it for the bill. Let's yeah. get, let's send Chuck yeah. the bill out. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, we could have a, a listener, somebody who's watching or listening today that they are a smoker and, they don't want to smoke, and they feel like they they can't stop. And we know smoking. Is this is this confession time for no, you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Help me! <laughs> Help me stop smoking. No. So I mean, there's but in in all seriousness, I know there's people listening yes, that, that that smoke, and that we they, they know it causes cancer. It, it can kill you. It's going to cause heart disease. Um, what would you have to? What encouraging word would you have to say to someone who's smoking who wants to stop? Yes, sir. I mean, I, I will have to say to our audience, uh, the two of the worst uh, arteries that I see in life, one is a diabetic and then the other one is a smoker. Smoking is like taking a jackhammer to your driveway and just tearing it up and then asking your kids to rollerblade on your driveway. Mm. It doesn't work. It, it just jackhammers mm. your, um, your uh, driveway or the lining of the heart. But what I would say to the loved ones who are listening and really desperately want to stop is I want to say that in, in Proverbs eighteen twenty one that death and life are in the power of the tongue mm. and those who love it were in joy of their food. I want you to start speaking life. You know, I think a lot of my smokers say this to me, doc, I, I just can't stop smoking. I, I just can't stop smoking. And they just prophesied over their lives. Uh -oh. They just said, I just can't. Mm. And when they say I can't, then that means uh, uh, three months later when they're following up with me, I'm like, Hey, what happened? What? Tell me, tell me, tell me. And they're like, I, I, I told you doc. And they're like, look, I prophesied and the prophecy came true. And now I'm telling you, I just said what I said and it came true. And I just tell them, I'm like, you need to stop right here. You say, I can't do it, and I need to see your big butt. And I, I mean butt as in B-U-T, but right. the Lord is my light and my salvation. Yeah. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is going to help me. The Lord is with me. He says, fear not. I am with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I need you to speak life. Amen. And so for the loved ones out there, instead of saying, I can't stop, I tried to stop, I haven't been successful, instead of saying that, say, you know what, I'm going to speak life over my life from now on. And even if I fail tomorrow, I'm going to still speak mm. life, and I'm going to make it, and I'm going to stop. By God's grace, it's going to happen. Amen. And I, you know what? I'm not in the, the I'm stopping. World I'm not of, smoking anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm not in this voodoo world of you know, say what you want to say. I'm in the, I'm in the gospel. Amen. I'm in Jesus Christ. And he's the one that says death and life are in the power of God. So start right. from henceforth, start speaking life and it will come to pass because the Lord is with you. Amen. All right. My, my next, I have three questions. So my second one is, um, what about vaping? I, I heard so many people say, well, I'm not going to smoke, but I know vaping is safer. I'm going to do that. Um, from a cardiologist's standpoint, 
Is vaping safe? Is it dangerous? Is it safer than smoking tobacco? Or can you can you share some insight on that? Yes, sir. Uh, first, I'd like to say something about a cigar because a lot of people think cigars are benign, and mm. they always tell me I don't inhale. Uh, and so uh, the cigar is, if you were to smoke a cigar, that's twenty cigarettes. Wow. That one wow. one cigar equals equals 20 cigarettes it is not benign uh it is like smoking a pack of cigarettes so i want to warn our loved ones who are listening to say uh, drop the cigar and drop the cigarettes how about vaping i have a lot of uh, some patients who have transitioned from cig uh just normal cigarettes or cigars to uh e-cigarettes or vaping and i don't like either one of them i really truly don't believe we know the extent of mm. harm that is going to occur five years down the the line. Uh, it is unnatural. It is chemicals that should not be placed in there from anywhere from tar to nicotine uh, and the flavors that they're putting in there. Uh, I think it's a substitute uh, and I think it's a bad substitute. Mm. Uh, the best people that do the best with me is when I pray over them in the name of Jesus. And number two, <laughs> I give them a, a hard hardcore deadline and that deadline is a, usually a birthday or Thanksgiving or Christmas or 4th of July uh, it's some it's like Independence Day right it's like hey it's Independence Day for the US, the great USA and in this Independence Day for me I, I stop and so when you give them a hardcore deadline they usually my patients usually stop I have about an 85 to 90 percent success rate doing that but if, right. I don't taper down I just say cold turkey we're going to stop uh, and I think it's a, again, it's a choice. Yeah, it's a yeah, choice it's we choice. make. It's not a sin to smoke, but in the medical term, it's uh, what I call dumb dumb. I don't like calling the person dumb dumb. Uh, I'm just calling. I'm calling the action dumb dumb. And it's uh, it's 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 a great way of ruining your life. And don't do it. So that's all I can that's say. That's so good. Thank you. Well, my, my last question then is what about energy drinks? Are energy drinks safe? I mean, obviously, it seems to have surpassed even oh, the regular soft drink. this is getting close to home for you. Right. the soft drink industry, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I have, um, I drink a lot of energy drinks that don't have sugar in them, but I, I mean, I've heard all kinds of stories. So I, I'm coming to the man with the answer. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, uh, Brother Andrew, we're going to have to, uh, uh, my, uh, myself and Brother Andy are going to have to play, uh, pray for Pastor Chuck right oh, now. Every um, day. And, uh, every day. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, this is the one of the greatest ways for young folk. Uh, and, you know, when, in the Armenian community, even if you're 65 or 70, we call them teenagers. I love that in the, my culture because in, in, in America, yeah, I've got patients who are 35 and they come and, and they, they're like, Doc, I, I'm old. I'm like, you need to shut up right now. Don't be speaking that way. Uh, and, and so it's so funny because in America, if you're 30 or 40, you're old. It's, that's not right. So um, I'm talking to my young brothers here. Uh, the, I'm going to withdraw my question. Best, Never mind. <laughs> the best way. <laughs> no, I'm going to answer. The best way. The best way to end up in the emergency room. One of the best ways is to drink energy drinks oh because it, it revs up the heart. The left atria does not like it. The heart does not appreciate it. It's double, triple, quadruple, five times caffeine, whatever it might be, the energy drink. Uh, and the left atria of the heart where the electrical unit starts does not like it. And at times it goes into a, a mode 
of what we call SVT, supraventricular tachycardia, the heart going at 150, 160, 170, 180, and the person can't stop it. And they end up in the emergency room feeling like they're having a heart attack. So I've seen this over and over and over. My question to them would be, hey, are we on any energy drinks? Uh, did we do cocaine? What, what are we doing here? And, you know, we get a tox screen just to make sure. But that's a, that's a great way of ending up in the ER. It harms the heart. It's toxin to the heart. The greatest, the greatest energy drink you and I can have, loved ones, is um, water. Yeah. Water, water, water. And uh, it, why is it so energetic? Because you keep on drinking water. Because it makes you get off your butt and go and urinate all the time. <laughs> and you're, 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 you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I got to leave. Uh, and you got go to you, you gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, and so that's the greatest energy drink. Our brain is uh, 90% water by weight. Our body is 70% water by weight. And we are dehydrated. And, and that's uh, one of the greatest things you can do for your body is to drink water. Brilliant. And not, wow. not energy drink. <laughs> wow. Thank, thank you. I needed to hear that. Well, I really did. Yeah. Dr. Sam, would you, you have said so much. You have obviously um, got a passion for people, both uh, life and, and death as in where they go. Um, would you be able to pray for us and for the listeners uh, that are listening right now um, at this time? Could you do that? Absolutely, absolutely. Father God, we bow before you. We, we join Isaiah in Isaiah 6, where he, he saw you in all the glory, and he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We join John in Revelation chapter 4, where he saw your glory, and he's like, wow, every angel, cherubim and seraphim, and, and the host of angels are bowing before God and saying, oh, holy, 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 yet you, holy God, are so kind and so tender that you would send your only son to come and die for us, and you are close to the contrite in spirit, to the ones who are broken, and you don't leave us. You've numbered the stars, you've named the stars, and you are close to the brokenhearted, and we are so thankful for that, Father, because you are not distant. You are with us. You are Emmanuel, and we bow before you, and we are so thankful. I bless my brother Chuck and my brother Andy in the name of Jesus Christ I ask that their podcast would take off that you would bless them that you would pour the goodness and mercy and favor upon them and their families I pray over those who are listening and I say I call them blessed and, and the reason why I call them blessed, because my mind now and my heart's going to Psalm 1. You say, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, her delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He and she will be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither, whatever they do. May they prosper, but yes. whatever they do, may they be in the word of God, because in the word of God, there is life, there is joy, there is peace, there is goodness, and yes, there is even hell. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so well, much. Thank you so much, and um, I know you have blessed so many today, and I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to... Um, whether it's reading your books, your articles, following you on social media. Watching interviews. Yeah. What is the best way for uh, someone to follow you, Dr. Sam, uh, through, throughout life as far as websites and things like that? So the greatest uh, website that leads you to everywhere else is the beaconofhearts.org. And in my medicine, I'm the mender of hearts by God's grace. But in the ministry, it's beaconofhearts, B-E-A-C-O-N, 
O-F-H-E-A-R-T-S.org. And they can find everything there. I'm on Instagram um, and I'm on YouTube. And, and by the way, on YouTube on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're studying the book of John, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and I'm just giving my life to people because uh, I feel like it's the last days and we have to follow Jesus Christ and follow him alone. Uh, there's going to come a day in America where, where it's going to be illegal to carry this Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm going to carry it in my heart, soul, and in my hands, and I'm not going to stop. So uh, beaconofhearts.org would be the best way to follow, and then they can uh, get on my Instagram and YouTube and uh, and and be blessed, truly be blessed. That's great. Amen. Amen. Well, it is the big three, three questions that we do at the end of the podcast every week, uh, just to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, Chuck, are you, you want to go or uh, what do you want? It's up to you. You want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, I can go. I okay. Can go. Yeah, okay. Go. So I, um, I literally just got back from LA a few weeks back seeing my boys. Um, and the diversity is incredible out there. Um, and the food is really good, right? So if, <laughs> yes. if we were coming to visit you, what is your dream place to take us to eat? I take you to two places, uh, two different days. One, one would be uh, one of the greatest Armenian places. It's called Rafi's Restaurant. Uh, it's in, I think, on Broadway uh, in Glendale, and uh, a smack dab between, I think, Central and, and Brand Avenue. Rafi's Restaurant, and then there's another great restaurant. It's called Bell B E L L E. It's an Italian restaurant with beautiful people that run it, uh, and that's on Central Avenue. Uh, so those are the two top picks: one Armenian, one Italian. Okay, right. On. I, I'm just doing yeah. it so when I go out there, I've got somewhere to go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. you know what? Mine, mine is food related as well. What What is the very best Armenian meal that somebody could have? I, you know, uh, there's so many. Uh, I love dolma and sarma. That's you. You take like a squash, uh, and and you uh, you pour out in the middle, and you uh, and you put in there like meat and rice and mm. all the things that are really high in cholesterol and sugar, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and 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 you you cook that, and then you take uh, these maple leaves and you put that in there, and you roll them up. They look like cigars, but they're not. Uh, they're green, <laughs> and uh, to me, oh my gosh, that just takes me back to childhood. Yeah. And wow. that's just delicious. It's called Dolma and Sarma. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. Last, last, last question. Um, obviously, you see a lot of people who are healthy and not healthy. What do you do for exercise? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, elliptical. Two, jump rope. Because that's like I could Ooh. do that at the house, right? Mm. I don't have the yeah. time to go to the gym, it takes 20 minutes, 30 minutes, come back. I'm like, ah, I can't do this. So a jumping rope is free. It's at the house. All you got to do is have a rope. Uh, the elliptical is a lot of fun. It's good. It's gentle to your hips, your knees, and your ankles. And then during the summer, swim. Mm. Uh, swimming is an amazing way of and very gentle uh, to your to your joints. So these are the three top things. But uh, one thing that's really free, uh, Brother Andy and, and Pastor Chuck, is, uh, is uh, to walk and to walk on a daily basis. And if you were to have a phone and let's say uh, when Andy's walking and Chuck calls him and, and Andy's like, I can't can't talk to you right now. Dr. Sam's making me walk and I'm out of breath. It's to that extent. It's not to the extent of, Oh, look at the lovely flowers. Not like that. Uh, It's it's to to walk in a pace, walk in a pace where you're actually, 
Yes, and you're actually sweating. Your shirt sweating. Your uh, the you know the beads on the forehead are are are, are making their way, uh, and that's the way you do it. Uh, and and that's the healthiest way you can live life. Actually, on one side, drink water. On the other side, walk daily. You can't beat that combination. And it's a it's a not it's not an expensive way of living life. Yeah, it's yeah. inexpensive oh. and it's healthy. Great. I love it. I love it. So well, no talk- more walking with my energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or your cigar in the other one. <laughs> and I, I don't smoke. I've never no, smoked. No. But I no. have a lot of yes. ministry friends that smoke cigars. And I, you know, I, I don't, don't and it. I'm not condemning them, but it, it was really informative to hear what you said. So I'm going to be using that as some ammunition in yeah. the future. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, get a pack of cigarettes and like, this is what you're smoking. I, I mean, when they see visual... Uh, it really hits people, and they they're jarred, and hopefully jarred out of their little cigar right. episode. That's great. Well, Doctor Sam, we want to thank you so yes, much for coming you. on to Revival Town today. I know the people have loved it. It's one of my favorite episodes. And, yep, and we will uh, we'll definitely have you on in the future as well. We we just loved hanging with you, and uh, again, thank you for coming on to Revival Town today. What a privilege and a pleasure. I feel like I know brothers Chuck and Andy forever. So thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. Thank you. So thank, much. you. thank you. Woo. I, we, we told you it was going to be good. Man. Yeah, I love that. I, man, I love him. We, I can't, we're definitely going to have to have him back. That was oh, really, sure. really good stuff. I love his passion. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't be drinking this right here. <laughs> oh. This is the last one. The very last. Sure. One. It's sure. This is. The last monster you are ever going to... The last one I'm having today. I'm glad you put your cigar out. (laughs) Right. No, what great information. Oh, Really good stuff. Really good. Thank you, Dr. Sam. Really good. You know, I did... Something did happen to me this week that was pretty bizarre. Real real short story. But we were talking about the Dream Center. And uh, so Dream Center got uh, awarded a $40,000 check from Ameren, which is like our electric gas service yeah, here, yeah. for a mobile food truck to go with our mobile units that go out. Here's where it got crazy. So they call us and said, hey, we would like to do a press conference with the new truck, get the media there. Let's do it. <clears throat> so on Monday, we they come. We got this big fake check, you know, and, and all that. And so I never watched local TV that much now, right? Back in right, the day, that's right. all you had. But now, right, right. so I said to Teresa, I said, hey, we're going to watch news tonight because I'm going to be on it. <laughs> so, so, so there I am, we're waiting. And before it got to our story, there was this uh, house fire in Peoria. So I'm watching it and they're like, yeah, we, we, we were at the fire brigade. We're at the, they didn't say that fire department we're at the the house for this fire at 4320 north north street in peoria and i turned to Teresa. i'm like that's our old house what so we jump in our car like and we were like in our sweats you know ready to just chill for the night yeah we jump in our car and drive to our old house which is about five minutes and sure enough the electric box somehow had caught fire and it took the whole side of the house out which would have been directly under joy's bed oh. joy's bedroom 
Oh my goodness. <clears throat> now here's the crazy story with all this. Way, way back before we moved to Nashville, we went on vacation to Nashville. And we were um, downtown Nashville. It was a big weekend for some reason. And Cheryl Crow was doing a free concert downtown. Okay. So we were there just, you know, it was free, right? We were just listening. And I get a call. The gal who worked for the Dream Center um, for me, she was dog-sitting, cat-sitting our house in Peoria. This is about six, seven years ago. And so she said, uh, you need to call me. You know, I got a text message. You need to call me. There's been an incident at the house. Well, in Peoria, there was lightning and thunder, right? And a lightning bolt had hit our house. And all of our lights were going super bright and then were popping all throughout the house. It was freaking her out. She ran downstairs. Like Stranger Things, man. It was like Stranger Things. <laughs> and she got to the electric box and there was a, a wire that was glowing red from oh. the electric box into the electric of the house. Oh, my goodness. And she, now we don't know if she should have done this, but she turned the power off and everything obviously died and, and everything stopped popping and everything. And they put a ground, grounding stick outside. The electrical box was absolutely fried. They put a brand new, we had to get, we had to get all new electric in that house and a ground, grounding stick. But we then were watching the news and it was that electric box. Wow. Now, granted, this is seven, eight years on. Something yeah. could have happened, you know. Wow, and at your old house. And at our old house. And I was like, this is crazy. And then we got back home, and then I finished the news and watched the Dream Center on the TV. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, all I can think of was well, a couple of years ago, you set your kitchen on fire. You set your oh, oven on fire. Yeah, but what that, is it? With? That was because I was trying to make Yorkshire puddings. Okay, okay. <laughs> Well, that's a good segue into Tatanus, mate. Oh, come on. You know it's, you know, it's, it's time for Tatanus, mate. You ready? Here I'm we go. ready. So if you are listening to the podcast for the first time, this is where I am challenging my friend Chuck Tate to an English word or fraying or rhyming Cockney slang. Right. And so today... Um, you should have had Dr. Sam give you an Armenian word. Oh, I wouldn't have got it. I wouldn't have got it. All right. Okay. Back in the day when I was a kid, I don't know if I've done this one before. I'm starting to get crazy. As a kid, I would always eat a marathon. What is a marathon? Is it the equivalent to, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Have I done this one before? I'm not for sure. Um, A Three Musketeers bar? No. Oh, I thought you did it before. I was so confident. <laughs> I was overconfident. Ah. Marathon. A marathon. A marathon. Which now they've changed the name to what it is over here. But back in the 80s, this was the name. Like marathon. A, so, so, like a s'mores? Nope. I have no idea. Snicker. Oh, I almost said Snickers. Have I done that one before? I don't know. We'll say we haven't. And Honestly, you can start over. I probably would. I'd get Plonker. And I would, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, yeah we're know. a few wow. hundred and thirty odd into it now. Right, right. I used to keep track. I need to go back and keep track and make sure that I'm not re, redoing yeah. But hey, I thought it was I, good. Some marathon. of our listeners would know. They would know before I would know that we did it before. Oh, I know. I know. I know. So, yeah. All right. Well, Chuck, it was great doing the show again with you. Next week, we have got a treat. Oh, my. Absolute treat. It's so a fun. little different than we would normally do. 
Uh, but it is gonna. It is funny. You it, have got to be tune it. back in next week. Chuck, again, thank you so much thank for you. doing this. Check us out on social media at Revival Town Podcast, and uh, make sure you're telling people about us. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Oh,